everybody. Welcome back. It's the Terminal Satan podcast. This is episode fuck uh 62. 62. I am your host Mesmer Masada, and with me is the legend himself. Well, I thought you were going to say my name for me. <laughs> my name is Jacob. <laughs> what a legend. Hit the music, bitch. Email us at contact at terminalsatan.com with all of your contact information and we will contact you back <laughs> as soon as possible. How's it going this week, Mesra? What's doing, up? Doing good, my guy. I mean, it has been a long week. Not a lot to report on, you know. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What about you? Do you have any, any, any um, big updates for the crew? No, no the big cast? updates. We've been hard at work. Oh yeah, not on the podcast. No, <laughs> we've put very little work in the podcast. <laughs> but we've been we've been just working away. Yep. Um, but yeah, but there's got a lot of big news. A lot of big news in terms of acquisitions. Oh yes, round objects. You've seen more entertainment than the entire world could have imagined. I agree with that statement. I think there are two things that I've experienced that are more entertaining than anything on this planet. And the first is the Minions Rise of Gru movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. I got a one wheel, guys. Ooh. We are doing one wheel for a fourth time on the podcast. Maybe we'll keep third a running time. count. Yes. So you guys are going to have to hear it again. But I hate to admit it, but Jake was right. It's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite amazing. Holy shit. Measure work purchased a one wheel GT, the most expensive one wheel out there. The only one that can carry me <laughs> any, sort of, <laughs> any sort of distance. Yes. Um, honestly, handles me really well. I'm mm-hmm. able to get around on that thing. You know what? It surprised me because, like, even before you, <laughs> like, you still don't have enough skill yet to like fully commit to you know some of the steeper hills. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But still, it's it's brought you up all of the steepest hills I've really done, even as a beginner. So that's yeah. impressive to me. It, it's gotten enough. It's gotten up steep enough that I'm satisfied with it. It's like, gotten up steeper hills than you could have biked up. I oh, think. that's <laughs> so. Oh, these that's are underhanded com- uh, uh, insults. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. He's right, though. He's entirely right. Um, I would not be able. I would like. I would have given up on my my crank scooter, um, and walked up the hills that it was actually. And you have. Up. You you've given up on the crank scooter on on flat areas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you know, this is a vast improvement. The crank scooter now is just there to sort of give context and perspective it to is. the other things a, that surround us. It's a relic. We need to get a glass case for it. Yeah. I was thinking about putting a sticker on it that said like, you know, something derogatory or, or whatnot. But slut? <laughs> yeah. We might we'll do something. We'll talk about it. But <laughs> okay. um all right. So yeah, I mean it's great. It's been great so far. I mean we, like you said, we, we had concerns about, you know, what would be the performance of this. But I mean, it seems like it's gotten good speed. It's gotten good range. It's gotten it can take you up hills. So looks like it's going pretty well so far. Yeah, well built product. Like it, it does. It, it performs. Like I haven't had any complaints. So what's your initial impressions about you know learning to ride? The experience of riding, how it differs from what you might have expected. So like um, I tried to screw around on a uh, longboard as we as I've mentioned before, and um, I also tried Jake's one wheel for like a couple times, um, and because. I, this has been on my mind for the past year. I, I've like imagined writing it this whole time. So I'm, I feel like I'm a really good basis to talk about that. Um, it was about as expected. Um, a lot of it is self-conscious. Like it's a, not self-conscious, is it? 
it, it's like subconscious, I guess. It's a, a lot of it is things that you weren't you aren't in control initially, and you have to work out over time. And like, because you get on here, like, oh, I was like, oh, it's wobbling. Oh, it's doing this. Oh, it feels like it's rolling. And you're like, that's that's you. You're doing that. So yeah, it's something that, like things. I feel like I don't have direct control over. It's interesting how it, it, whenever it wobbles and, and all those kinds of instability issues, it's like on its own, it would actually be perfectly stable. So like it's weird that you're you're putting all that stuff into it, yeah, and you're just lagging behind and and like oscillating it, yeah. So do you have any experience with uh, board sports of any kind prior to this? Besides, I mean, you said you mentioned longboarding briefly. Uh, I I'm gonna say no in total because like I zip I like rolled around on a longboard and like I went snowboarding a couple times, but mm-hmm. I never but on neither. Um, vehicle, I never really got into the. So um, you've tried them, but you never like you never got good at anything. No, or, yeah, so or picked it up as a hobby or anything like that. Nope, nothing. Mm-hmm. A but fucking you, razor scooter is all I got. Yeah, man. <laughs> razor it. scooter. I don't know. Is that a board? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, uh, it's a board with a handle. But do you feel like the learning process is going smoothly? Yeah. How do you feel about where you're at right now? Um, I feel like familiarity is all I need. What that sounds stupid. That's all of learning. But I mean, like, like where I'm, like I think my current skill set. Is um pretty decent. I just need to get to the point where I can have a more consistent um, confidence on the board, mm-hmm. and like my response to um, stuff bucking me off. Um, if like I get that to be more consistent with later in my rides, like I start out and I'm like, I feel like this is weird. Like I feel like I don't have what I had at the end of my last ride, but by the end of the ride, I'm like, I'm I feel really good. Yeah, a lot more and really tired too. <laughs> yes, yeah, really tired. But that one, I'm not worried about at all. Mm-hmm. I just need to get to a point where I can jump on the board and be as confident at the end of my ride now, at the beginning. Right. And then once I do that, like, there's a lot more improvement to do. But I feel like I'll feel a lot better. Every beginning is like where you were 75 percent of the way through the last ride. If you think about it that way. Yeah. So it's still always trending up. It's just not as good as it was last time you got off the board. But you know, that's that's how learning goes. Also, just time helps. Like you can ride it all you want in one day, but taking a good sleep and letting your brain sort of reorganize itself actually really helps. You get a lot better. Yeah, so frequency on a day-to-day basis, you mean? Regardless of how much time you spent on the board, just having time elapsed between starting and now helps you get better. At yeah, that. yeah, okay. But yeah, but also yeah, not taking huge breaks is important, though. Okay, I would say. I see. All right. You because in the beginning I was riding like multiple times every single day, and so I sort of quick started myself. Like, yeah. Within a week, I felt super confident on the board. I see. And how long has it been now? It's been has it been a week to the day? Uh, actually, yeah, it has been a week to the day since I got it. And how much have you ridden so far? I don't remember. Is there a way to check? I don't remember. No. Three or three times. Yeah, three, four times. times. Yeah, I would say. I still can't do anything with bumps on it, like gravels, trails, um, dirt, sand, uh, sand. <laughs> yeah. grass. Anything that's not asphalt. Concrete. Anything that's not, um, yeah. You've yeah. handled sidewalks decently well, though, uh, which people might be like, well, what's the difference with that? But sidewalks, the only thing about sidewalks is that you have smoothness, but then you have regular massive bumps in yeah. between, depending on how bad the sidewalk is. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it can be pretty bumpy. It's never fun to ride on a sidewalk anyway. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, are there any things that like, Exceeded your expectations or like disappointed you, regard like relative to what you were expecting. Nothing is disappointed. I can say that confidently. Oh, cool. um, exceeded my expectations. It's I would say the wildlife. I, I didn't expect to see things. Yeah, like you were like, oh, I see more things, and I'm like, I thought that would be because the frequency up until now, um, the wildlife sighting frequency, the WSF, <laughs> has been like once a month, maybe once every other month, but now it's like 
every time we go on the board, I've seen something mm-hmm. and it's like, that's not normal. <laughs> like That's a lot more frequent than I expected. It's probably the trails that we've picked definitely, yeah. but also, I don't know. That was a nice, that was, that was nice. But you have. cover less ground if you're walking. Yeah, you, know, you do. You, that's true. And um, the fact that you're zipping around, but you're also like almost silent. Mm-hmm. Wildlife doesn't really have a reason to run away at a time or anything like that. Yeah. And you also get to do a lot more exploring just because you can go so much further with less effort. Yeah, that's, that's you, very true. Like especially on the Burlington bike path back in Vermont the other day, we were riding that. There's all sorts of like every quarter mile, there's like an offshoot trail that goes, who, who knows how far, like way off into the woods or into a field or a playground or something. So w- once you get more comfortable, just being able to, every time you see a path, like explore that path, you, you see so much stuff and you have such a more like varied experience. It can be really fun. No, I completely agree. I feel like if I'm walking, I have a cap at like four miles tops mm-hmm. round trip. Well, <laughs> on, a, on a one wheel, I could, we could, like I could get to the point where I'm going to do like ten miles and then I'll be fine. The yeah. ironic thing is, some runners could do that like like daily, and yeah, then that's a lot fine. Of people but for do. me, like I, I'm a big guy, I'm only going to go four miles. But this this could be incentive for people who like really don't want to get out. Except mm-hmm. it's, I guess the cost kind of outweighs its convenience, but it's pretty great. <laughs> it's a pretty good opportunity to get out more because I definitely don't get out. But now I want to. Like up mm-hmm. until now, going out, it's like, ah, uh, but I'm tired. With the one wheel, it doesn't matter. I'm, I want to go out, you know? Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. And you know, I still haven't, because the board has 30 miles of range on a good day. Yeah. I've never actually done that yet. Like I, I've, I think my longest ride I've done was like 12 to 15 miles at most. So there's still a lot of like extra ceiling. I don't think you've done a, a ride longer than five miles. I think mine is going to cap out at like 12, 13 miles, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. Um, I don't think it's going to be able to do a full 30. Um, we will find fine. out, yeah. yeah but you I'll do have out. the best tire for range right now. Oh, You got the slick tire like in the hard stock one. So that's about as good as, good as it gets for uh, extending your range. Yeah. That's, that's honestly plenty for me. Mm-hmm. If I had like a two mile range, I would have a problem with it. 13 miles is plenty. I would ask you about how you feel about the slick, but I think we'll wait for that until you've had more experience with like off-roading and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I have no Because obviously it's going to grow great on asphalt because that's, you know, what it's meant for. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it does. But I guess I'll revisit that another time. Yeah, I have no perspective on that because I've never tried any other tires and I'm also shit on (laughs) on it regardless. Yeah. Does it feel smooth when you're riding it? Again, relative to what? I don't know. Just, I mean, just in general. Does I mean, it? Yeah. 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 Feels smooth. I mean, definitely compared to like a scooter or something. I remember like riding a razor. Oh down, my God. Even a relatively recently paved road would be so bumpy. <laughs> you get off and your legs would be like shaking and numb <laughs> yeah, and everything. It's tingly and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, we, when we jumped on that longboard, so much less stable. I was oh, like, oh yeah. Going from longboard to one wheel, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a, that's, a, you know, that's about the same. Going back, you're like, how the hell did I balance on that's this? That's always thing? how it is with subtle differences. It's so weird how the mind works. Cause it's like, yeah, going forward, you don't really know. Mm-hmm. But then you go back, like, oh, that shit sucks. Just like foreign beer is what I've heard. I haven't tried foreign beer. Makes me really want to try other board sports, though. Like, now I, really? I want to try surfing because I've never done surfing. Surfing looks like a lot of fun, oh, actually. That's... Which is cooler? Which is cooler? Yeah. Are you asking that? Is mm-hmm. that a question? Yeah, that's a genuine question. One wheeling or surfing? Probably surfing. I saw, I've. Because, you know, it's like the classic, you're out in the waves and everything. <laughs> That's, They're pretty cool, man. I don't know. Those are. I feel like those are top tier, top tier board sports. I mean, me. but I was gonna say the other one would be snowboarding. I want to yeah. get back into snowboarding too, which is also very cool. I agree with this. I, I'd be more inclined to try snowboarding 
than um, like longboarding or skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Like I think, yeah, because skateboarding peaked. and longboarding are like, oh, it's just not one wheeling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Snowboarding exactly is different. Yeah, exactly. But there's like a, this whole sort of curve about how much effort you have to put in for how much fun you get out of it. Because like surfing, you got to swim way out and you got to like find a wave and climb on top and like ride for a little bit and then fall off and do yep. it all over again. Yep. Snowboarding, like you have to, you, you get carried up the hill. And then you get to go down for a minute, but then you got to go find your way back to the lift. And then you got to wait like half an hour to go back up the mountain. And it's like, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you spend a lot of time not snowboarding. That's true. One wheeling, you're just always one wheeling until you're done. Yeah. There's yeah. no, there's no stoppage. I didn't notice that with those snow sports. Like you, it, there's all so much downtime. Yeah. There's and so you were on like the small little hill. I was on the small one. I wasn't even on the big on ones. On the big ones. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not joking when I say half an hour. That's like a short ride. Yeah. Some of them are well over an hour long. That's crazy. Yeah. No. So yeah, one wheel has the most like, like, instant gratification. You just always go, and it's always ready. You can just hop on and go, right at any moment. Yeah. And then come back, and then be you know plug so it back nice. in. Oh my god! Incredible. <laughs> Jacob, Jacob's indoctrinated me into the one wheel cult. Yes. The W and I, and the I will, OWC. <laughs> and I'm not gonna stop here. I'm gonna get other people into it, and <laughs> you're gonna get other people into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're all gonna just ride. I've talked to like a goose zero. formation. Oh yeah. Like a go- oh, that's a weird. Uh, why didn't you say crabs? They do formations. Yeah. Oh, what about like the lone crab? You know that old saying, "I'm a lone crab. <laughs> I ride alone. <laughs> I ride alone." <laughs> no, I didn't know. Yeah, I guess they have formations. No, they don't, they don't have formations. have like the you know the V. The yeah, big yeah, v. yeah. They aerodynamics. Mm-hmm. For aerody- yeah, they do that for aerodynamics. No, for real. Wait, they do. Yeah, because it's like drafting. Like each goose in front of you is like takes a little bit of the air and like the air, it sort of forms a shape. So it's like flowing over the geese oh. instead of like each one hitting full, you know, head on wind. Full wind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Aerodynamics. They're smart little guys. Yeah. Are they smart though? No, they just, some reason it's, they're like, oh, I guess we're doing the V. Genetically. <laughs> like doing a V again today, guys. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. So we're going to do, yeah. So we want to do one wheel formations. That's about the only one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. Actually, that's not true. We could do a lot. You could do like one horizontal line and you old whole hands. I don't together. like any of these ideas. I like I like being I like the isolation of the one wheel. I like being mostly alone or with a buddy. Or you go straight at each other. Jow one wheel jousting. One wheel jousting. Oh, that's actually something you could do. Yeah, that's a bad idea. You could idea. actually joust. That's a terrifying idea. I don't like it. That's actually not a whole that's not a horrible idea. Like you pad <laughs> up. You could do that. That's great. That, oh, oh my no. gosh, we should do one. I'm going to write that down. No, I don't want to do it. I'm putting that in two wheels. No, what have I done? You're at an advantage though. So, you know, don't complain too much. <laughs> I have to inform everyone that we have identified a covered bridge. Oh, we do. Like immediately. The first trail we tried. There it is. So, you know, put that in your back pocket. Oh, wow. I'm going to tell the horror story. So uh, back to the wildlife thing. Uh, we went on a trail and there were deer, like, like I would say six feet away. And um, I got pretty close. Like, like, like they were all, one of them was like sticking its head out onto the trail. Yeah. And it was like a, what, four foot wide trail or so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was, I was surprised. That was, that was the closest I've gotten to a deer. I mean, that's not anything like too amazing, but I've never gotten that close. So that was a cool experience for me. Um, and then uh, we, we took a night ride um, on this um, long, wide, windy road. And um, it was honestly the headlights and like the, it was a full moon out so mm-hmm. it was, and there's still a little bit of light pollution. So everything was still illuminated pretty well. No, that just, was just a full moon. There's no light pollution there. Oh, there wasn't? I mean, okay. there is, but it doesn't light up the environment at all. Okay, okay. 
So we're zipping down this road. It's really nice because Jake was like talking up these night rides, and I was like, I, you know, they're going to be great, but it's 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 quite an experience. Um, and there's like there's like you know your typical rocks in the road and like the grooves and whatever, and you're going, and so you hear the the rocks like leaves, rattling, all sorts of stuff, rat, yeah. Like, yeah, leaves, whatever, blah blah blah. And um, on our way back, Jacob goes, "Oh, a tiny frog," and so I'm like, <laughs> "Oh," and then we stop and we get by it, and we're, we're looking at it, and we're like. Oh fuck! It's like the exact same size and shape as like the rocks we've been running. It was over. like an inch long little green yeah. tree frog. <laughs> it's tiny raw. And then we look around, and there's a bunch <laughs> of these fuckers in the road. And the realization, we're just like, how many have we killed? Oh no! <laughs> like, fuck. and it doesn't end there because now you have to ride the rest yeah. of the way back. <laughs> we had to get home. <laughs> Holy shit! It's I I never like that. I never like running over little frogmen. Oh, know? I didn't expect that. That wasn't uh that was sad. Whatever. I mean I didn't hoping... I didn't see any guts on my on my wheel though. Yeah, so, so we might have but dodged all of them. I think cuz yeah, I think we would have seen it on the wheel. Mm-hmm. And secondly, because you immediately picked out on the pigment, like you knew it was green and it yeah. was different. The other ones didn't. I'm pretty sure we didn't kill any. I hope not. I really hope not. But that was like that was a moment that was, I was like, oh, we've been running them <laughs> over this whole time. Yeah, that was very scary with Revelation. <laughs> don't be on the road, you dumb fuckers. Dude, but for real, guys, like night rides, it doesn't even matter if you have a one wheel or not. It's just the best. You got to try it. If you can get out to like, I don't know, a kind of rural neighborhood or just like a trail or something at night and take your bike or just walk or whatever, it's a completely different experience. It's really fun. It's very serene yeah, and yeah, quiet yeah. And, and enjoyable. So I recommend it. Part of me like th- realizes this is probably what part of the appeal of like motorcycles are. It's like similar in the fen- in the sac- in the sense that like you get one, maybe they, they you know they probably have some um, bonded bonding time when they like work on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like a, a something that they bought, but then they're able to like explore and like go out and like you know yeah. be in nice areas and find and explore stuff. And it's a got a lot scale. of the similar feelings of like. You just being exposed and having the wind on you yeah, and everything, and, yeah. and your balance and all that kind of yep. stuff. The freedom, yeah, that's, yeah, that's for probably sure. What a lot of the appeal is. And as much as I like motorcycles, but the big downside is that it's so loud. It like is you can't loud, just yeah. enjoy the sounds of the area, right? It's it's completely overpowering. You can hear it from a mile away, yeah. literally. Um, so electric vehicles are so cool because you just get to experience the environment while you're zipping around. And no sound um, impotence in your way. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. That is one of the drawbacks besides like cost. But then you get like the scale and then like the range of the um, motorcycle. Yeah. So, um, but I, I didn't even think about noise. That would definitely bother me. I don't like loud shit. Mm-hmm. Um, electric motorcycles, though. Electric. I'm waiting. I'm definitely going to get an electric motorcycle at some really? point. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's pretty cool. For sure. What kind of places would you want to go on your one wheel? Um, honestly, the stuff we've hit have been pretty good. Mm hmm. Um, anything like 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 the trails we've been doing that type of trail just in better like in different locations. So um, oh, that's a good question, man. Like waterfront stuff is something I'm looking forward to. Oh yeah, we could go to the waterfront. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, like mountain areas, but that might be more of a hike to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, I I want to say trails, but like I feel like. The the my like anxiety with hitting something is gonna be so high it might be hard for me to enjoy it because on a pave uh, pavement like I'm more confident that it'll be fine but like even on pavement I'm like oh, there's a bump there's a bump oh my god can I take it even though like well because I just started but like I'm wondering if I'm gonna get to the point where I'll be 
like the anxiety will be curved enough that I'll enjoy like a trail ride or hopefully get good enough to go on one. Um, you got to remember on a trail ride, especially when you're new, you're going to be going pretty slow. Because, yeah. And, and like the, you know, how like there's a certain speed you have to reach before it starts being fun in a certain sense with a lot of things. Yeah. Um, on trails, that's lowered somehow internally in your brain. Oh, okay. So you end up going a lot slower because you, you want to go around all the roots and, and rocks and all that kind of stuff. Right. So you go whatever speed you're comfortable with. But yeah, for sure, you're going to need to practice some more before that's something that you can do comfortably. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think trails are a big thing that I really want to try out. I would love to do more exploration if there were like more abandoned areas or just... I don't know areas that you can explore more, right? Because definitely he, the gold Because here it's like you have the downtown and highways, I guess. Like you know, yeah, it, yeah. it'd be nice to have to explore some city areas or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. If we can find some resource to like find abandoned areas, because mm-hmm. that's definitely the gold mine, right? Being able to explore something that's shut down but still is one wheelable. Yeah, yeah. There's that, a lot that'd of be more interesting. There's fire roads. I haven't ever ridden one of those before, but. Like and there's a lot of in, in natural areas they they made fire roads for like you know fire trucks and stuff to oh, access. Oh okay, yeah, that makes sense. That way they could put out fires, right? Yeah. So yeah. there's just like these long dirt roads that go out through mountains and hills and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's cool. So those could be fun to hit too. They'd Are be they pretty smooth. available for public access? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could ride on it. Oh, okay. It's just a, right. it's just a road. Okay. It doesn't really go anywhere in specific. That sounds fun. I like that idea. Um, so yeah, any, <laughs> anything long and in a beautiful place is the answer, obviously. I've really, the one time I've ridden in a parking garage, which wasn't recently, and you saw me ride in a parking garage recently, but like one time me and my friend went to a parking garage specifically just to ride in. Yeah. And like, that was a blast, honestly. I'm sure. I, I think a lot of them won't let you if they catch you because, you know, they just want to keep skateboarders and everybody out. Skateboarders has really ruined a lot of places <laughs> because they just go and like grind on shit and damage stuff. Yeah. And then so they got it banned everywhere. Now anybody with wheels like gets kicked out of a lot of places. Which is like, I mean, it's a give and take, right? Because, you know, anything we could one wheel, we will one wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Soon enough, we'll have you riding on the rooftops of buildings, no. hopping from building to building. Yeah, yeah. You keep, you keep suggesting that. I will not do that. We'll get them there. So I've got a question, one more question about the one wheel. Keep going, keep going. Uh, because I've pretty much, I had a fender since day one. I got a fender like while I was at the shop picking my one wheel. Yeah. Um, how has it been? Because I know you've ridden through a little bit of dirt, a little bit of gravel, um, a little bit of like a wet parking lot. Hmm. How, like, have you been hit with a bunch of debris or has it been okay? It's been okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, I've noticed it every now and then, but it's not like something I'm like, oh, I need a fucking fender. Okay. Yeah. So it hasn't been that bad, huh? Yeah, but I haven't hit as much stuff as you do. Like you might, Fair. you know what I mean? Like you might hit more things mm-hmm. on your um, full performance usage of the one wheel that might require a fender. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just pop yours off and then go run around? Well, because I don't specifically want to be hit with stuff. I mean, I do pop it off every once in a while because oh, I like okay. how it looks. Well, I thought you were questioning because you were considering like the, you know, putting it, taking it off. Sometimes. No, I was just curious how your experience was. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I haven't experienced anything. It hasn't been enough to be like, oh, I need a fender, mm-hmm. but I'm going to get one anyways. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Just because I think it looks cool and I, I, you know, preventing to get hit by stuff. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, it's more, you know, uh, accessories to colorize with my color scheme. Yeah. Yes. Very cool. Very cool. Next topic. Next topic. So Jacob, it's going back to the next episode of Mezra's Introduction to Culture. Yay. With the last, last movie, movie review, Apollo 12. Apo- Apollo 10. Which one was it? 11 or 13? One of the Apollo missions has Tom Hanks <laughs> and it had Kevin Bacon. 
It was Apollo 13. Most people should have heard of this movie at least. It was the Apollo mission where they didn't make it to the moon. It's like it's a classic movie. A lot of people like it. It's nothing crazy. It was directed by Ron Howard, who also directed um, The Grinch. <laughs> um, I actually am, I don't really know what else he's directed. To be honest. Oh, he directed the Solo movie, which is but like only part of it. He was like brought in at the end, so I don't know. Oh, okay. I didn't like that movie. <laughs> what? I love that movie. It was a great movie. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, what did you think of the movie, Measure? I enjoyed it. It's a good watch. The great watch. And this concludes Measure's <laughs> introduction to culture episode two. Um, they did it. They held tension for the entirety of that movie. As soon as something That's went wrong, true. it kept being wrong. And <laughs> like you were it always never let up. Never let up. There was a couple of times where like they try to go back to like uh, Tom Hanks' family. Um, to like see what you know their perspective is, which is you know in summary worried. Um, yeah. But it, like I just ignored it and then went back to like whatever was actually happening. <laughs> so it didn't feel like the tension was ever let up through the entire movie. Well, especially now when the Beatles broke up, that was the real tragedy of the oh, movie. Oh yeah, that I was a rough time. That happened, you know. So you actually had an advantage here going into the movie because I don't think you really knew of this story. Like if you think about when this movie came out, most people who were adults at the time remembered either experiencing that happening in real time as a kid or as an adult, or they've read about it, you know, and they've heard about it oh. secondhand. So like you were have a sort of unique experience of not really knowing it. Yeah. It's I, like I, I as if it was just a regular fictional movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that kind of helps with the tension because you don't know what's going to happen. That definitely added to the weight because I was like, did that actually happen? Like did did that did yeah. they actually have to deal with that? Like holy crap. Like the little things such as like, oh, they have enough oxygen to get back. I'm like, but one of their tanks was leaking. Like how the hell? Or like um, the CO2 scrubbing problem. Mm-hmm. They're like, we have enough oxygen. We don't have enough. We, like there's too much CO2 production here. And I'm like, ah, they're definitely fucked. Or the heat shield, that being a problem. I'm like, they would have died. No, they didn't die. <laughs> the like, parachutes being frozen. The parachutes being Are the frozen. electricity running out? <laughs> that, like, oh my God. And having no heat. I'm sure some of it was dramatized, but like the fact that that was probably like something they actually had to consider. Like, yeah. That's insane. I'm impressed that they were able to like account for so much on the way back. Like they definitely, like they have everything down to like the number, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they're incorporating all these details. Like I'm sure that was relevant, especially like, well, like the question for me is like, how do they know how much stuff like became debris during the explosion explosions to know how much you know weight they have now? I mean, they can probably like read that somehow, but I don't know. Oh, interesting. That is an interesting point. Um, I, I'm sure that their tanks mostly had gauges in them, right? So the, from that, they could probably derive how much mass they had right, left. Right, right. That's true. And then like they were in, there's, there's a lunar lander, so they know how much that weighs and what's in it. And then they had the um, shit. What else? What was connected to it? The um, the command module. Yes, the command module and the service you. module as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, you say that they knew how much weight there was in it, but that was like a big thing in the movie was that they consistently underestimated or overestimated how much weight. No, they they kept getting the weight wrong for right, the lunar module because right. they're like only only two people, but there's like there's three people. Right. They're like oh, right. tons of moon rocks. There's no moon rocks. There's like no moon they rocks. kept fucking it up. You're right. They kept fucking it up. Could you imagine being like um, Ed Harris's character, the guy with the white vest? Yeah. Who was, you know, he played. That was Ed Harris? Yeah, that was Ed Harris. Oh. Of Top Gun, of Back to the oh. Future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Strickler. Not um, old. Not old. At the, he's a little old. <laughs> not super old. Oh, yeah, you're right. But um, yeah, he his character, he was, you know, he, he was in there the entire time. Could you imagine how stressed he must have been? Like that dude, like being in 
command or yeah. in charge of that entire mission, yeah. sitting in that room for all that time and like just having the weight of those guys on you and trying to figure out, solve all the problems that kept coming up. Yeah. God, his blood pressure must have been off the charts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I, I did commend that like they portrayed him as like being super, first off, super patriotic. And second <laughs> off, like really caring about getting them home. Yeah. He's like, I'm getting these guys home no matter what it takes. And there was a lot of instances where people were throwing problems at him that both had good arguments. And he was like good at deciding what we should actually do. Yeah. Because in a lot of in a lot of cases, it's like, oh, we have two possible routes here, right? And like both seemed feasible, but he was good at deciding, making good like deductions on what is the path forward, which yeah. is something that's hard, especially when you have people's lives on your shoulders. He would listen to all of the viewpoints. Yeah. He would think about it like unbiased, without little little emotion. He would yeah. be emotional, but he wouldn't let that go into the decision making. And then, but then he would make an assertive decision and just go with it. Yeah. Because you can't be second guessing yourself and flip flopping all the time. You need to go with one thing. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not going to get anything done. Um, the yeah. character's name was Gene Kranz. Um, he was a real guy. He's 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 exactly like that in real life too, just really? with a different voice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's very cool. He's still with us too. A lot of people, most of the people from that era are pretty much gone as of the past couple of years. But he's still alive. Wow. Yeah, he also had to deal with the uh, space shuttle Challenger, and among other issues. Oh, so boy. he's seen he's seen a fair share of of terrible incidents. Yeah, that's great. I mean, what a career to look back on. <laughs> <laughs> you say that because it's funny because it's like he actually did have an amazing career. No, that but, wasn't. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't a diss. That was literally like. But that's, we're like thinking of like Apollo thirteen and the Challenger. Well, and I'm, thinking, kind of I'm just thinking like you know that's qu- quite. That's those are some quite some stories to have like under your belt as like I was part of that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, crazy you know. experiences. Never got to go to space though, so suck it. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. How that like immediately overshadowed everybody else's you know contributions to la- the landing on the moon. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, but it's not as cool as the guy who like landed on the moon. <laughs> Even though like you were part of like the getting the guy there, mm-hmm. you know. Which I guess in the early days, they I mean they all contributed a lot. Like, no, I agree. Yeah, like as as you know, um, Buzz Aldrin wrote the book. He did his PhD thesis on uh, orbital rendezvous, which ended up actually allowing them to do because you know how, like they had the the lunar lander and the command module. Yeah, and the command module would orbit, lunar lander would land, and then meet back up with the command module. So that would save them fuel because they only had to bring fuel a little bit of fuel down, just enough to go down, just enough to come back up to the orbit. And then the, the ship that was still in orbit could use all of its fuel that was just sitting there to go back to the Earth. Yeah. So it was way more efficient. But the, all of that would not have been possible without Buzz Aldrin's PhD thesis really? and, and subsequent work. Oh. So like they were all very smart people. That's just one example. Wait, well, I don't see. I'm ignorant. What did they do before that? Oh, there he did that before. Yeah. Ah, that makes more sense. I'm stupid. Because <laughs> that was the first moon landing. <laughs> I thought he went there he and on. he had that idea. And then he was- <laughs> <laughs> no, that that was a. They had that back and forth for a long time, like almost all the way up to the very end. Like it was a last minute decision to go with a lunar rendezvous uh, because they didn't think it was possible. That mean, um, yeah, so they would have had to just bring a massive lander. And then somehow land that on the moon, and then fly it back up in orbit, and still have enough fuel to go back to Earth. So that would have been very difficult. Yeah, that is, that sounds like a pain. I mean, like it's not like the cartoons where like it goes up and then it like lands bottom down, and then it goes up and then it comes back to Earth. It is. Uh, it would have been like that. <laughs> it would have been, like but that. it would have not been very efficient. Uh, but it's you know SpaceX is probably going to do that. It's going to go up and then like the little boosters are going to like land vertically on the moon, mm-hmm. and then they you just fill them up and then they launch them and then they go you know, they reconnect and then they come back home. Yeah, actually, like for real though, SpaceX's Starship is 
the lunar lander for the Artemis missions. It was selected to be. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, so okay. they're providing that. So the, like the big stainless steel star- starship that you know. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna fly that out to the moon, a white version of it, because <laughs> it's like slightly modified to be the lunar lander variant, but oh, it's like yeah. basically the same rocket. Okay. It is the same rocket, just slightly modified. Um, and then so Artemis, this you know the biggest rocket we have available today. Right, so in the Saturn V, everything was self-contained. It got itself all the way to the moon and back. Right, it had everything in it. Right, only one launch. So their massive rocket Artemis, Artemis, <laughs> Artemis, which has a larger payload than the Saturn V, if I remember correctly, is not even gonna. It's not gonna bring them back, nor is it gonna do the moon landing. It's just gonna fly them to the moon, like to the orbit where they're gonna meet up with the Starship and actually land, which is interesting to me. That is interesting. I don't know what I forgot why exactly that's the case, but. It's like a much more segmented thing. And they, they've also got this plan for a space station and lunar orbit, and they're going to go there and then land from there. It's like a whole thing. That's going to be cool. That'd be cool to see, like a, like a space station and lunar orbit. That would be really cool, That'd actually. Neat, yeah. Um, God, it, I wonder what it'd be like to live on that. I mean, people already have enough problems in the current space station. Yeah, that'd be, yeah, that'd be strange. But anyway, going back to Apollo 13. Um, yeah, overall, any other thoughts on the movie, like uh, cinematography, VFX? Oh yeah, the, there's the gravity yeah, situation. Yeah, I actually was, I was like, I don't know how they're doing that. Yeah, so usually like these wires, like in the movie Gravity with Sandra Bullock, <laughs> um, and they can do they can do really good stuff with wires. Or, or sometimes, I guess, some movies might have used water. I don't know about that. Oh, okay. But they always have to fake it, right? And they do like CG hair and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what do they do for this movie? So for this movie, um, apparently they built their sets in a plane, and they um, they flew it up, and then they flew it down at one <laughs> g, so that everything's in perfect freefall, which means that the you know the relevant effects of gravity are zero. So yeah. you feel like you're weightless. So they're basically just skydiving, but inside of a plane that's also skydiving with them at yes, the same time. Exactly. And then they're, they're, they filmed every <laughs> shot that way with actual zero g, like no different from space. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. Because I don't you, think there's any other movie that's shot in zero g. That's it's that's incredible, honestly, because um, it looked incredible. It for looked sure. great, yeah. It looked. I was I was watching it like that. That looks a lot harder to fake than like um, you, you know what I mean? Especially for that time, I was like, mm-hmm. how the hell are they doing that? Um, so it was actually in zero G. Only to be upstaged by Tom Cruise whenever he goes up to the ISS to film his movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know when that's happening, but <laughs> that sounds like that sounds awesome. That is pretty. cool. I'm really excited to see what comes out of that. Yeah, yeah. Sixty-year-old Tom Cruise in space. He's—I he, mean—he's constantly pushing the bar. It's—it's—he's an impressive action star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it. Yeah, we've mentioned it. I mean, I don't—I didn't have any other further comments. It was a great—it was a great watch. I didn't know the story, and I learned a lot. It was very, you know. Yeah. It really put cool. into perspective what that was. Good movie. Awesome. Yeah. Does it make you more interested in that era of the space program, or are you just like, yeah, no, that's good. Um, that's a, that's about it, though. Well, it does make me more interested. I don't know if I'd be able to to like. Get that same high from researching mm-hmm. into it. Um, I probably get pretty preoccupied pretty quickly. Yeah. And it's also a movie that I probably won't watch again for a while. Like it's not something I can rewatch. It's something that I have to mm. like. Oh yeah, I forgot. You know, well, like a lot of those movies actually are not something that I rewatch. It's something that I experience, and I'm like, wow. Well, you don't really rewatch movies in general. Yeah. So yeah, but these are especially <laughs> low on those. Okay. Like, gotcha. I'll probably watch Kung Fu Panda again before that movie. <laughs> but that's not because Kung Fu Panda is a better movie. That's because like it was it was an experience. The whole thing was an experience. Yeah. And so like it it kind of. Yeah. Usually loses. dramatic movies, as you're alluding to, I don't like to rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Sorry. It's like yeah, all the tension. 
either the tension is gone or it's just frustrating because you already know what's going to happen. So yes. it just feels like you want to get through it and get to the end. Exactly. Um, but something about Apollo 13, just the way it captures like the atmosphere of the era and all the visuals and everything, it makes it like a very, and it's like a comfort movie. I see. It's like you get to just take in the sights and sounds of the time and then and then the drama you kind of, you know, get used to. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. part of it. Um, I guess that's sort of how horror movies are for a lot of people who like like horror movies as a comfort movie. I see. Like like for me, Halloween is kind of a, not a comfort movie per se, but it's like in that zone where I like it for the atmosphere, but it doesn't scare me anymore. It's not so, like intense or anything like that. I just like the atmosphere of it. It's oh, kind of charming. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm the same way. Um, except I'm not. I'm I'm not the same way. I feel like even with horror movies, I don't want. I don't like to rewatch them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm noticing a problem with horror games that we've talked about before. Like once, once that horror. I'm, I'm once I'm used to what the horror has to offer. It's kind of boring. <laughs> it like loses its its like credibility. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So games need horror games need to be shorter. I think. Well, that's what I think is an issue with so many horror movies is that there isn't anything beyond the scares. I see. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like do. If, if, when the, if when the scary part goes away, it's not worth anything, then the movie isn't very good. Exactly. Uh, another movie like The Thing, right? Even when it's not scary, that movie kicks ass. Yeah. It's, like a, it's an awesome action movie if it's not a scary movie. Halloween is an awesome just, I don't know, it's like brooding and cinematic and all that. So... It's I don't know what to say, but like it's it's when the scary parts go away, it's still there's still a lot of substance left. Yeah, and I, I think that's I what think makes a good is. movie. I agree with you. I do agree with you. Uh, a Quiet Place is a good example. I don't I have better examples, but I'm gonna keep talking about A Quiet Place <laughs> because it because it the the presentation the premise was so unique that it was a good written movie besides the scare. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the scare was secondary to what they were trying to drive forward. But there's still more entertainment story. left in it. Yeah, yeah. Even besides the scare, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I, I completely agree with that. You know, it's my horror movies aren't something I've categorized pretty well, like or documented well. I I don't know, like I've seen so many, but I I have not internally like sorted them, mm-hmm. and, like what I like. I just experienced them all. Yeah. So I, I can't comment on it. Well, if I remember correctly, horror movies for you were like when you were really into anime, where you're just kind of looking for the next thing constantly. Yeah, that's true. You're just going through them, trying them all out. So I don't think there's much time for reflection. Did I ever mention like how I got into them? Like the um go ahead for the podcast. Okay. I no, I thought I I thought I did for the podcast. I'm sorry if I have I have already. Um like I was just like with my parents and they passed us they felt like they fell asleep and they left off they left on who framed Roger Rabbit and there's a scene where the villain gets hit with a steamroller and then he gets like back up and he's all like wavy and that like terrified me. I had nightmare for like a week and it was from that point on that I'm like, I cannot operate as a human being if this keeps happening. Like I cannot live my life if seeing something will terrorize me for a week like in advance. So I just started like watching horror movies, like whatever I could take and then like watching scarier to like desensitize myself. And that's what got me into watching horror movies. So I got, I watched like a ton and whatever I thought was scarier, I like kept chasing that just so that like it wouldn't, Ruin my week on like like without my control. I, I wanted to be in control of it. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and that backfired because none of my friends want to watch horror movies. And uh, besides, you know, you, but like most of my friends don't want to watch them because they're like, oh, it scared me. <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't think that'd be an option when I was a kid. I thought everyone would be like, well, you're like lame, and we don't want to be your friend if you don't watch a horror movie with us. Is what ten year old Mezra thought. So here we are. Here you are. Here we are. And now can you watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit without getting scared? No, I still pee. Um, <laughs> but like, 
but, but now everyone's like, oh, we got to go see the new conjuring. And I'm like, it's not that much better than other horror movies. That's, you know, great. Yeah. Or, that you'd rather be in the position where you can handle it, but it's also still like exciting. That sweet spot. Yeah. That sweet spot right in the middle. Yeah. I, I, I've killed it. Now it's like everything it has to offer, as you said, is just a scares. But since I've desensitized myself, it doesn't offer anything. So it has to be like a legit, really good horror movie. It has to be a good to be. movie. Yeah. Otherwise I'm just watching it like they're an idiot. Why are they going there? This wasn't shot well. That's mm-hmm. really bad. They just did a jump scare. They need to take music out of horror movies. We've talked about that. They need to stop using strings and scary noises oh, yeah. to be the crux of their scares. It needs to be the object itself. Horror movies need to stop being so formulaic. I agree. Every single movie is shot the same exact way. It's got the same color grade. It's got the same music. It's got the same lead character who's always a woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it always is like in her like late mid twenties or whatever. Or, yeah. Early thirties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They need to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, they do. It's crazy how even though so many movies are horror movies, it's got to be a majority of the movies that come out. Yeah, probably. It's easy to, easy to create. Um, it's weird how there's so many of them, but yet so little actual experimentation done in the genre. I know, especially since there's so much room to explore and I feel like they just do the same shit. Um, wow, we talked about horror movies again. Yep. Transition. You yeah. know who else does the same shit every time? Uh, Mario. Mario, <laughs> yes. Jacob, yes, Mario does. And yet we love him. <laughs> yeah, it's actually great. <laughs> the same controls since so long ago to the point where we pick up a Mario game we know all the buttons. <laughs> you know, we just know it. Super Mario Odyssey is literally Super Mario sixty four, but just new levels. Yeah, it <laughs> it's is. the same game. Which is what I—that's what I was craving. And you know what? I don't give a fuck. They can keep doing that. Odyssey two, I'm getting. <laughs> so, Measure just recently, for the first time, played Super Mario Odyssey from the beginning to the end and of you know the story what? mode. I, I think I might be one of the first people to beat. Super Mario Odyssey. No, That's gotta you be, might a new be record. in the first ten percent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm gonna do this every time. <laughs> every time I beat something that's twelve years old. Um, yeah, as uh, the first segment of the story. Mm-hmm. Main story. The, yeah, the main story. Hell yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about. Let's it. talk about it. Um, What's good about Super Mario Odyssey? Um, they focused heavily on the visuals, and um, so they they took a lot of the, the game mechanics from uh, Galaxy and 64, from what I've noticed. And then they like they focused really heavily on the world building. They de- they explored different areas. Um, everything's a lot more photo not photorealistic, but more realistic than you'd expect from a Mario game. Yeah, we're still used to Mario games, no matter how pretty they are, because you know the, the other games have been pretty, but they've still been Mario World esque. And this has really played with that. And they're like, oh, that's a that's an actual person over there. That's right. not normal. Well, I mean, because for most of us, the most recent console, Nintendo console was the Wii 2006. Like it had shit graphics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't even good for 2006, right? Yeah. And then nobody got the Wii U. So you're skipping straight to modern day from the Wii. That's, so that's why it all seems like such a huge jump. That makes sense. It's because it was a legit big gap in time. That that makes a lot but more sense. But you're right. It looks beautiful. Um, and there's so many, there's so much variety in the different worlds. Um, to go into a negative real quick, I think that's one of the big flaws of the game is that some of the worlds are just not interesting. There's I a couple see. that I just don't like, or just, I don't know. Maybe some of us would disagree on which ones those are, but I just don't feel like they're all at the same consistent quality. You've got like the really good standouts, right? It's like the Mushroom Kingdom, uh, New Donk City, uh, Bowser's Kingdom. All three of those are huge, fantastic, really fun, great atmosphere. Would you agree with them that much? Yeah. 
Um, and then you've got like a lot of, so those are like the greats. And you've got like a lot of mid-tier ones, like the Food Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, most of them. <laughs> but then you've, you've got a couple tiny ones too. Like you got the Dragon Kingdom, the Cloud Kingdom. Yeah. Have like only a handful of moons. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but then in the mid-tier, there's also half of them are just not that interesting to me. Like for instance, I didn't really like the beach one. Yeah, I, I agree with that a little bit. I don't think there was a whole lot going on there. And most of it was water, so it wasn't even really fun to navigate. It was just flat water. Yeah. And then the trick was, oh, you get the the fish creature and he can go across the flat water a little bit quicker. And that was about all there was to that. I also didn't really love the underwater one. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, you also didn't really care for that one? or So... I would put the water one, the beach one, and the lost kingdom kind of all yeah. around the same tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, sorry, uh, not the lost kingdom. The um, the tree one. I I know what you're talking like, about. I really the one liked with, like it. the caterpillars, right? In the no, no, oh, the I'm, tree one. The tree oh. one. I liked it. Okay, I don't know. I I have mixed feelings about the the lost world and the tree kingdom. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. I I, I thought they were pretty enough, and like I I liked the gameplay enough that it. It wasn't too much of a negative because there mm-hmm. are a lot of Mario worlds in general. And like I'm used to Mario games having levels, and I'm just like, eh. But um, I, I know what you're saying. They detract from the game. That's because it delivers so well in the other worlds. Exactly. It's got such high highs. And then also, just like 64, this game has a huge emphasis on going back and re-exploring the they areas did so the well with that. So like, if I only had to play through every world once, I would actually have no complaints really with the worlds. Right. But it's the fact that you go back, and that's like half of the game is going back. And re-exploring them, that it really drives home the difference in quality between some of these worlds as you go through them. Oh yeah, so I haven't really gone back and done that, so maybe my opinions will change. But um, honestly, that's that's one of my big com- like compliments for the game is that like with almost every other Mario game, you play through it. That's ninety percent of it. You go back and you try to get all the stars because you you can't say you beat a Mario game until you get all the stars. That's just like a known <laughs> fact. You're not a real Mario fan unless you have all stars on all the levels, and then you also um. Get all the items. I don't know. Did you have all 120 stars in 64? I never did. So you're not a real Mario fan? No. Well, no, I'm saying I'm not a real Mario fan. I'm a real Mario fan because I consider that to be completing <laughs> a game. Because you because you thought about it. No, because that's what I consider to be okay. completing so a Mario never, game. So you never beat Mario 64? I, never beat, I tried again and I got even closer, but I still, I think I got it's like 124. I think that's what my number was. So I was oh, I forgot that the them. DS had more stars in it. Well, like I was trying to. Oh, what did you say was the top? 120 in the original game. Maybe it was less. They, no, they they did extend. They did extend the six. Uh, like, the DS one. Because the one I got, the ones I got stuck on was get 100 coins in every level. I got bored. Mm-hmm. I was just like, some of these I don't want to do. I don't want to do. Well, it. the 64 from what I've seen also had the same similar issues as Odyssey, which is that some of the worlds were just not great. Yeah, <laughs> well, there yeah. were great worlds, but then there were also not great well, worlds. How many goddamn worlds did they make? They made oh, a thousand. I don't, know. <laughs> and not, I don't know how many actually, but like some of them were just like, it's a box of water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, still still yeah. enough to, to like open your imagination though and be like, just the fact that they segmented it and they built them all like isolated. You, you, you're always excited to go into a new world. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's always ex- wondering what future worlds are out there. Exactly. What you're going to see. that Every time. And they delivered so much in 64. And that's what I think they did well with um, Odyssey mm-hmm. is that they made you feel like there's so much to see. Um, and you're excited to get to the next world. Because every time you go to a new world, you're like, what the heck is it going to have for me? Yeah, exactly. And so it's that's the best part. And they did do a great job with keeping them fairly different. 
The I agree, closest yeah. they got to overlap was you had the water world, you had the snow world, and, and then you had the beach world. world. Yeah, I agree. A lot of water involved. Yep. But there was still enough difference where I can live with it. And the rest of them were super different from each other. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I just, the, I, I'm actually blown out of the water with this game. I'm the, so the music, happy. I mean, you expect it from a Nintendo game, a mainline one at this point. But like the music is incredible. There's so much really, really good music written for this game. The, um, the jump man, the fucking New like, Donk City Festival like song. the theme song. That's such a bop, dude. Yes. Oh, that song is so good to me. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> like, I almost never care about like soundtrack songs. I love that song. Yeah. What is that? It's like a pop jazz song or something, right? It's like swing a little bit. I would say it's like, yeah, I would say it's like pop swing. Yeah. I, I was really good song. Yeah. Yeah. Sung by Pauline herself. Yep. Yep. Featuring Mario. He does a little rap verse on there. Oh yeah. He does. Yeah. He does his little, um, <laughs> oh, they have to the, look the, the DK rap at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know what? It's funny that it's called new donk city and it's like, they allude to donkey Kong with like some of the decals and stuff. Right. But you never see donkey Kong. I, it would have been really fun to see donkey Kong is like, I guess he's not mayor because Pauline's mayor, but it would have been fun to see him show up. Yeah. No, I, I do agree with that a little bit. I expected him to make it like a top hat or something. <laughs> oh, that's I don't I'm try, I'm like really analyzing that thought because he has his <laughs> hair that's so like Jimmy oh. Neutron esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the top hat goes over the hair, he goes completely over it. Yeah, and like it goes like right above his eyes. I see what you're doing. No, no, yeah. it's kind of, it kind of just like on the back of his see, head. See, because those are the two ways you could have gone. Yeah. It, can, it kind of sits on the hair, or it goes all the way over the hair and it goes above his eyes. Yeah, because he's got a wonky head. Does he have a suit, or do, he just has? The, he already has the tie. He's got the tie. He doesn't so need a suit. He doesn't need a suit. If he's, he's good, he's got to be naked to be Donkey Kong. You're right. That is part of the yeah. Um, it would it would have been cool to see him like go up. He would have been a cool boss for no reason. Well, I mean, you do kill Donkey Kong in the 2D bit. Like, you know, you run up and then you hit him from below and oh, then he falls right. off. That was cool. So, like, they did the homage, right? They but did they, the didn't, homage. they didn't get to see the actual Donkey Kong. That would have been a cool boss. Like, he's like going up the skyscrapers. You got to kind of catch him a little bit. Mm -hmm. <gasps> that would have been a cool boss. Like, you have to be good at navigating the skyscrapers quickly yeah. enough to hit him. To get King Kong. It's yeah. like it's just King Kong, right? Yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying. No, yeah. I, I mean, know. Like, that'd yeah. be great. That would have been so, that would have been really cool. Oh, you should talk about like the freaking, the boss at the end, the end of Mario Odyssey. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, my God. So, like, you get to Bowser's kingdom, you get to the end and holy crap, there it is. The bunnies, the bunnies <laughs> and the mech suit. I know that's not what you were talking about, but I'm, I hate I hate that. Yeah, so there's this recurring character, a set of characters that are called, what, what are they the called? The Brutals. The Brutals. Oh, oh, I don't even like the name. Gross. They come from the very beginning and they're at every single level and you keep fighting them over and over. There's just a series of boss battles where you fight these dumb rabbits who are dressed up in dumb suits with dumb names and dumb boss battles. It's so stupid. Every single one is like, you see the rabbit, you hit its hat off, and you step on him. Yep. And then he throws his hat at you, and then he gets in his hat and he flies around and drops shit. Oh my god. It's the same. I honestly, that's my actual. If I could change one thing about the game, that is to remove the brutals. The and brutals them. sucked they, so hard. They had a lot of good other bosses in this game. That one, though, that like weird addition is not. It's detracting from the game experience. Also, yeah, it really did detract. And it's also weird how it's like each world you go to, you're like, oh, am I going to fight? I'm, I know I'm going to fight a brutal. Sometimes you don't, but most of the time you do. And then sometimes there's also like a different boss. It was like a yeah. regular Mario boss. A regular Mario boss. And then there's also a brutal. It's like, what's going on? It's, well, it's weird and like I, unsure of itself. I know what they're doing actually because the original format for Mario games are you get to the little mini castle and you fight the Bowser Jr. minion. Then you get to the world castle and you fight the boss. 
That's all. That's how they've done it. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're kind of mimicking here. But the brutal, the the mini, the mini castles were never the most exciting things. Honestly, if they did bow, the Bowser Junior guys, it would have been more entertaining. But and I hate them. I know, I do too. But, but I'm a lot more forgiving. Because where the heck did these guys come from? I don't know. They're never explained. Unprecedented. They so, they decided to come up with a new character for this game, and it's that. Well, sorry. Excuse me. Well, the cat people were like the the analog to like the Lumas in this one, which is not even close. The Lumas were so much better, so much better, so much better. But but I still like what they're doing. Um, I I thought it was that was also a little weird. They, they it was definitely a very hat centric game. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe they, they maybe they should have done something like that, like have a hat boss somewhere. I mean, they did all have hats. I guess, you're, I guess they, they were the them. hat people. That wasn't a well, cool version of yeah, that. Yeah. Oh god. They could have had a Mad Hatter, like like he had like 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 long spinning spindly hand. I, I'm I'm overstepping here. You know what I'm saying here? Yeah. Let's 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 move on. Let's go back to the end of the game because I want to think about the brutals right now. <laughs> so Bowser, you get to him, you fight the stupid bunny mech, which was took me a lot longer than it took. It Bowser. did take you a long time it to do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I didn't. Well, I didn't want to do it, and I didn't like being the fucking bird because he's so slow. Um, and then Bowser, he gets on his uh, pirate ship. And as we know from pirate ships, right? They sail the ocean blue, which water's not really blue. It's kind of just reflecting the sky, which is refractional light. But the Bowser's Bowser's um, ship, it's got sails and it goes up in the air and it flies because it's got these little propellers. So that's a little bit of a stretch in logic. Bowser also takes that thing that flies in the air using propellers. And just goes to the fucking moon. He just goes to it. <laughs> you which, don't need a rocket. You just need propellers. No, you just need a propeller. I don't know why the Apollo missions weren't just a big pirate ship. They could have just taken they a pirate just done, ship. They could have had a parachute bring them back. I know. They could. They, why did they just do what Bowser did? They wouldn't have had this these problems. Mm-hmm. You know, you, he he did it with a pirate ship. I don't know what they're doing. And the, well, the, well, I mean, what probably was the the case is that the moon in this game. Is like twenty feet from the <laughs> earth. It's right fucking there. It is really close. Really it's fucking scarily close. close. Majora's mask close, and then so he just hops on over to the moon because that's where you have a wedding. Honestly, he that's, that's we talked about space babies earlier. It's a great idea. It's a good. It's a clutch move. So he has his little cathedral on the moon, which is beautiful. It's like the Magic Kingdom all over again. You get there, you stop the wedding. Um, you you object. You go, I'm Mario. I object, and then he goes, Oh shit! And then you get into a trap door. This is the boss battle. There it is. Bowser, he comes down with his suit and he does a variant of the other time you fought him in the game. They did do this boss battle like halfway through the game already, mm-hmm. but I think that's kind of genius because what they did is they gave you an easy version of the boss battle and like a low stakes part of the game Yeah, to sort of let you get used to it. That way, once you actually got to the end of the game and did the hard version, like you're able to just go into it and be ready and like have fun. Mm-hmm. You're not like getting screwed over because you're like, oh, I didn't know he was going to do that. Now I got to start over all over again. Right. Like you're not learning it. You're just doing it. And so I think it's a lot more fun that way. I I agree with that concept, which is they, they've actually done a bunch of times before. Yeah. They, that's, they have a strong history of doing that. Which Mario. is, it, you're right. That's intelligent. It's, it's, it shows like, oh, the, you know, Bowser kind of learned a little bit what you were doing. If you think and back also, to World 1 1 of the original Mario game. Yeah. Like, you know how like they've got those little like steps. That go up of blocks, and then there's like a pit in the middle. Yeah, like the, in that in that level, like the first couple of times I do that, there's a floor in the middle of the pit. It's like that. So you, if you fall in, you can't die. But then once you keep going, like they take out that floor, and like now it's a pit. Yeah, like they teach you as they. This is a, they have a strong history of doing this. Yeah, yeah, it's really they it's teach you the concept, and then they make it dangerous. Yeah, it's intelligent world building. It's it's really it's, it's well done. It felt like a typical. It, they made a typical Bowser battle 
with like a bunch of twists and it was interesting and it was, it was really fun to do. And it was, it was a good one. Like, um, I don't think it was as good as galaxy. I think the, the boss battle in the galaxy was a lot more entertaining. I'm super biased though. Cause mm-hmm. that's, I was a kid when I played that and I was like, this is, <laughs> this is fucking awesome. Um, but you know, it was, it was still good. But I think what's really cool about the end is that you get to be Bowser. That's the part that really, like the boss battle is a lot of fun. It's a great boss battle. Yeah, yeah, it's a good. But like you get to be Bowser and you get to run around, shoot fire, and then claw through stuff. And then what was even more fun for me was like when you go into the 2D pipe and you're you're playing like the actual like original Bowser sprite. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's pretty that's pretty cool. No, I agree. Yeah. Because you've never got to control that before. Yeah, that that was a really fun they I feel like at that point they realized. Like we made Mario be everything. Like you kind of want to be Bowser yeah. for a bit. That was such. That was such a good. Um, that was such a good idea. I wonder how long it. I wonder how long they were holding on to that one. Like ah, we gotta make Mario be Bowser, and they're like ah, we'll <laughs> throw that at the end, you know, kind of a thing. Or the, or if they were like Mario's gonna be Bowser, we'll put it at the end, you know, kind of. Yeah. Like. There's a lot of moments in this game where it's like they clearly know that they just put stuff in just for the player to have the most fun. They're like this would be. Fun, so yes. we're gonna put this here. Yeah, like the dinosaur. No point of that. It should. It really. There's no reason it should be there. The Bowser, but it's yeah. fun. Yep. The Bowser thing. The same thing. You can be a tree, as Donkey pointed out. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things that they put in there, just pure fun, and they know it, which is great. And then there's stuff like the Brutals, where it's not fun, and I don't know why they put that in. It's weird because it's like they added the stuff that they. It's like they had the right mindset sometimes, and then sometimes they're like, no, we got to make sure that they're having less fun. To balance it out, or it's it's interesting to me. I think that's them getting caught up in their original formula and sticking to the original formula, because you know at the end of the day, that is something you're looking for in this in these Mario games. You're like, I want them to enhance the original experience, like still have that homage to the original experience of a Mario game, and they got caught up in that with that specific instance. But honestly, they delivered on so many other aspects that it, I'm not going to let it bother me too much. Mm-hmm. But you're right; every time you get to a brutal, you're like, ugh. All right, I know how this is gonna go. I just have to do it. Yep. Like I, I don't think I struggled with I, I struggled with maybe one of them. You struggle. Yeah, you're right. You didn't have two. You struggled a little bit. Okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, but cool. Yeah, Mario Odyssey is a great game, and if you haven't played it already, you probably aren't going to because it's been six years. <laughs> <laughs> but if if it, if you're considering it, I recommend that you play it, even if you don't play Mario games. Like this is my first 3D Mario game that I actually beat. And that was because it was really fun. And I think I want to go back and play the other ones now. Wow. Jacob reflected. All right, that's it. Ah, that's it, guys. (laughs) Thank you for coming. Yeah, next time around, we will reflect on more things. Yep, like, is Jacob a confederate? And why? (laughs)